Welcome to From the View Box with Hal and Chris. This is the podcast of the UMass Medical School Department of Radiology. My name is Hal Lowe from the Division of Emergency Radiology. And I am Christopher Cernelia from Musculoskeletal Imaging. This episode is a continuation of part one of The Art of Taking a Case with Dr. Byron Chen from episode 13. In this episode, Dr. Chen will discuss differential diagnosis, management, and provide some suggestions and insight into taking a case. We pick up where we left off after discussing the description of findings. Um, once you have a complete description of your findings, uh, what about the next part, which you know I, I think some people also may struggle with, which is uh, formulating a differential diagnosis? Yeah, so that's um, so that's the meat and potatoes of of the right. That's what people care about is in your in either in everyday practice or with a consultation with surgeon, or when you're taking a case in, in case conference. Um, and that, you know, obviously that's, that's why you go home and you read your textbooks. That's why you look stuff up at the workstation. That's why you go to conferences to, to hear your attendings teach you stuff. Um, so you've, you've got to formulate your differential. Um, and so a, a few things about that. So um, if you can, try to give your just three differentials. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily three. Um, the point is don't um, don't give like 20 differentials because that doesn't um, that's not practical that's not realistic and I mean basically when you do that your your presenter knows that you don't know what the, the actual diagnosis is um, so if you can limit it to three four you know five if it's really a complex case um, but try to give it in order as well so your, your top differential should go first and it should go in decreasing order of likelihood. Um, that's hard to do because a lot of times if you don't know what the answer is, you, you start rambling on, you're sort of making findings and then you're throwing in a differential and then you're making another finding and you throw in another differential. So um, it's easier to, to list your, your top three different differential in order if you actually are confident that you know what the answer is. But if you don't, sometimes it can be hard to sort of, um, keep it concise and keep it in order. But if you can, you want to make it short, concise, but comprehensive. Um, and sometimes you're stuck. Sometimes you just don't know what's, what the answer is. And, you know, you've given your top three differential and um, the presenter hasn't moved on to the next case. So it's, it's sort of obvious that you haven't actually landed on the, um, the correct answer. So again, take a step back, try to, broaden your horizons and think about the categories of disease, right? So when we were in medical school, we learned, we all learned this mnemonic vindicate, right? It's, I forget, it's like vascular, idiopathic, neoplasm. I don't know. I forget what, exactly what the, the mnemonic is. But the point is take a step back and think, okay, I've named like three different tumors. Maybe what I'm looking at actually is a congenital lesion or maybe it's actually a vascular lesion, or maybe it's infectious, but you haven't, you haven't considered that because, again, you might have sort of pigeonholed yourself into one category of disease, put all your eggs in that basket, but you're actually in the totally wrong basket. So if you're, if you're struggling and it's obvious that you, don't, you haven't nailed the, the diagnosis, take a step back and look at, try different categories of disease and, and try to consider something else, you know, sort of try to step, step out of um, step out of the box a little bit. Um, and if you can just sort of speak your thought process, um, particularly if there is sort of like an approach to, um, 
you know, for example, cystic pancreatic lesions, or if there is an approach to bone tumors, um, speak that thought process, right? This is sort of like when you're little, you show your math, show your work kind of thing. Um, talk it out so that the presenter can follow you. They can redirect you if they need to, or they can sort of help you out, um, throw a few sort of pearls um, in there as, um, as you work through the case. Fantastic. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. And so once you have, uh, as you say, a, you know, top three, ideally top three in the order uh, that uh, you suspect the, the, the true diagnosis is, once you have that, do you uh, recommend that, um, you know, our, our radiology trainees uh, kind of um, decide and uh, speak the, their, their preferred diagnosis or how do you do you have, have do you uh, suggest that they order the diagnosis? How do you uh, yeah. deal, with, deal with that? Yeah, I do. I mean, and a lot of times I, I will, at least when I showcase, I'll say, so what's, what's your top differential or like, what, what do you actually think it is? Um, and a lot of the times it is because like I said, um, you know, if you're taking the case and you don't actually know what it is and you're, listing some findings and then you're giving a differential and then you go back and list some more findings, you're, you, you haven't given like a nice top three in order differential. So I'll say like, well, you, you've named like six different things. So what do you actually think? Um, what's, what's your most likely diagnosis? Um, and so, you know, as somebody taking the case, you can do that too, right? After you've given like five or six different options, you could say, but overall my top differential is this. I think, infection is less likely. And although, um, you know, a drug reaction is very unlikely, it's still on the differential. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people do that in their, uh, in their radiology reports as well. So I think that's um, a nice thing to add on uh, at the end if you want to. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I used to do that all the time when I was um, uh, prepping for boards, is you've you've made all these findings and your, your, your presentation so far has been a little bit disorganized. You haven't really followed um, kind of the framework that I've been talking about so far, but you can sort of summarize at the end. So you can say like, so overall we have this hypodense mass in the spleen. Uh, my leading differential is this, this, and this, and sort of like, you know, put it together into a, um, a nice package in the end. Great. And, and, and in terms of the end, what about, you know, some radiology cases uh, do, do not have any treatment um, or, or uh, follow-up recommendations, but some do. What are your thoughts yeah. about sort of management and treatment recommendations? Yeah, that was always, you know, again, going back to the oral boards, that was always the, the one area that I was sort of like, wasn't exactly sure what to do. Because like you said, most cases don't have a management kind of thing. We're not, we're not expected to know what antibiotic coverage you need for this diagnosis or, you know, we're not expected to know like every single management. Um, but so they used to say that's actually the easiest area to score on the boards because most times you just get credit for it if there's no real pertinent management. So the pertinent management is if there is follow-up recommendation, if you have an indeterminate lesion in the lung and it needs a PET CT, then you recommend that PET CT. Um, if, you know, the patient has a surgical emergency that needs to be acted on. Um, you you want to say, I'll get on the phone and call the surgeon because, um, you know, ovarian torsion uh, is very time sensitive, you know, whatever. So if there is a management piece, give it. Um, but with the understanding that most, most cases, you don't need to say anything. Um, and you'll sort of know that 
you've nailed the case or the case is done when your presenter basically just moves on to the next case and doesn't even talk about a management piece. Perfect. Great. So, and, and so just to summarize, um, you know, we, we've given a very um, kind of a detailed summary of, uh, you know, the findings section, diagnosing uh, the findings, I'm sorry, just uh, making the findings, uh, giving a, an adequate differential, and then discussing the management or follow-up um, recommendations for a case. Um, I, I have a sort of separate question, which is, even before you start taking a case, let's say I'm a very junior resident, first year resident, just starting, never, never taking a case. Maybe this is my first case I've ever, oral case I've ever taken. Um, how do you, what advice do you give those residents who are junior who have never taken a case in terms of you know, volunteering or uh, raising your hand um, to, to take their first case? I say just do it. I mean, nobody really likes taking cases. Um, well, that might not be true, but it, it, it brings anxiety to everybody, right? Um, makes everybody nervous. Um, you're being evaluated by your peers, by your attendings. Um, but that's the only way to get good at it is, is to just take cases. And I used to hate it. You know, I would, the way I used to do case conferences is I would put an image up and wait for somebody to volunteer to take a case. And, you know, like, two seconds go by and everybody's looking to see if they know what the answer is. And then 10 seconds goes by 20 seconds. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Like somebody, somebody talk. Um, so now I just sort of pick on people just cause I, I think that's just a waste of time. Um, but the, the point of, of taking cases is, is not to nail the diagnosis, right? If, if every case I put up on the screen, everybody knows what the answer is. Nobody's learned anything. Right. So the whole point of showing cases is kind of for you to not know what the answer is, but to talk yourself through it, allow me as your teacher to walk you through it and make a few teaching points along the way that you're going to remember. Um, so it's okay if you screw it up. Um, you're, you're supposed to screw it up, but hopefully you screw it up in, in an organized fashion. So you, you, again, so you're not just rambling and you don't know how to sort of talk in a professional kind of manner. Um, so, so just put yourself out there, um, volunteer to take the case and don't worry about being evaluated. Um, as an attending, I have many ways of evaluating residents, right? We spend 12 hours with them on the weekends. We work overnights. We spend a lot of time together. I get to know how good or how bad you guys are. If you screw up a case in case conference, it it doesn't really matter to me. That's not going to make or break my evaluation of you. Um, and in fact, you know, I have more respect for residents who volunteer to take cases, even if they get them wrong, um, they're putting themselves out there um, as opposed to the resident who always sits in the back of the room, never makes eye contact, never takes a case unless they know exactly what the answer is. That to me is like not as exciting as a teacher than somebody who um, is actually excited about taking the case. Um, and the other thing about volunteering to take the case is that when you do screw up a case, or I don't want to say screw up, but when you when you don't know the diagnosis, and I help you through it, and I walk you through it, that's that's how you're learning. That's how you're going to learn. You can remember that, uh, as opposed to the easy slam dunk case that you know took me like ten seconds to to say. You're not learning anything from that. You already know that content. Um, it's the case that you have to walk through and be walked through um, that that is going to help you learn the most um, as a resident. 
Yeah, that is, that's great. Uh, that's great advice. And that's great insight. Yeah, so just take it, take the cases, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, and that, and I think you've just given maybe even some insight to kind of into the head of the, of the person giving the case, not just taking the case. So I, I think <laughs> sometimes, right. yeah, that may alleviate some of the anxiety uh, from the person taking the case. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. And one last thing, this is sort of like a miscellaneous kind of um, thing. Um, don't ask for history. If there's, if there's history that is relevant to the case that I want you to have, I'll give it to you. Um, when a, when a resident asks for history, I, I know that they, they don't, they're, that they're lost, right? Cause it's like, um, if I say the history is oh, trauma to the liver, then like, obviously that lesion in the liver is trauma, right? So it's like, I'm not going to give you the history. And usually when I get asked for history, I just make up some generic kind of thing, right? Where the point of taking cases is to learn about the imaging, not to, you know, sort of use demographics to, to figure out what the answer is. So don't ask for image, don't ask for history. Um, and the other thing that kind of annoys me as a presenter is when residents will say, well, I would scroll around to see if there's anything else. And well, it's like, we're not at a pack station, so you can't scroll around. So sort of don't, don't say that because <laughs> it's just sort of like wasted. It's just wasted time basically. Um, but just small little things like that um, to add, I guess. Yeah. And in fact, absolutely. Uh, it probably works in the consultative radiology real life world as well. Sometimes uh, right. you don't have good software to be able to scroll around everywhere anyway. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I hope yeah. this gives you, I hope it gives you like a nice framework. I mean, again, taking cases is, is it gives people so much anxiety um, that I think at least if you have sort of a basic framework of how to take a case, even if you don't know what the answer is, you can at least um, fall back on this, right? So, okay, pause, describe the finding, very basic words, objectively, don't give the diagnosis yet. Um, and then once you've made an adequate description, then work on your differential. Try to keep it short and concise if you can. If you're lost in your differential, take a step back, go back at different categories of disease, um, and then talk about your management if, if, there is, if there is anything. All right. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's, a, that's a great summary of what we've talked about in this episode. Um, yeah, so thank you, uh, Dr. Byron Chen, for your discussion of... Uh, uh, taking uh, an oral uh, radiology case uh, and sort of the uh, real-life impl impl implications uh, of that case. Uh, thank you for being uh, on, on the podcast, Byron. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And that concludes today's episode. Thank you for listening and supporting From the Viewbox. We've attached additional reading materials to the episode notes as provided by our guest, and please visit us at www.umassmed.edu backslash radiology. Thank you to our colleagues Charlene Barron, Tom Delaney, and Dan Ramsaran for their technical assistance. See you next time.